The views and opinions reflected in any of the stories narrated are solely those of the story contributor and are not necessarily that of the Nightmare Society. This podcast features adult content, so listener discretion is highly advised. And if you or anyone you know is struggling, help is available. Please see the resources in the show notes. Hello again, Nightmare Society, and welcome to Season 22 of True Horror Stories. If you aren't following our Instagram, which you should, you wouldn't know that we are structuring things a little differently now. In order to avoid burnout and balance things out a little more, we're going to start doing seasons of around 8 episodes. I went back and divided the episodes by 8, and that puts us at Season 22. It just felt weird to say Season 1. Anyway, welcome back and welcome to the spooky season. I'm looking forward to sharing some pretty disturbing stories with you. Now, get comfy and prepare yourself for another episode of The Nightmare Society. especially when I started school at six years old. I used to hear voices in my head. Everyone hears voices in their head, but these ones were and are different because it felt like they were deeply connected to me and reality. They would tell me things, often telling me what would happen in the future. Things like which guests I'd find when I got home after school, which person I know that has recently passed away, how certain events would change if I did some certain things, etc. I can't remember others because there's a lot, but I'm hoping to remember them as I type. I used to refer to these voices as angels or God himself because the things they did to me were only good things and they seemed to want to protect me from everything. I remember this one time after school, a group of friends decided to grab some snacks at a nearby shop, but I declined to go with them because this voice told me to go straight home after school. And the same friends got robbed at that shop, and one of them got stabbed in the chest. But everyone survived, thank goodness. Another time after school, a street vendor was selling some flavored ice, so I decided to buy one because it was very hot that day. However, the problem is, another voice warned me not to buy from him, as something bad would happen. And it did. After I bought that ice, I forgot to give him the cash and left. Not necessarily running or anything, but it completely slipped my mind, and he came after me. I was surprised why he was yelling at me because I thought everything had went well between us, and this guy pulled out a knife on me. He didn't hurt me because I apologized profusely, though. I was really scared, disturbed, because I was only 16 at the time and I'm relatively very small compared to my peers. I'm 22 years old now. The voices kept telling me since I started hearing them when I was six that they'll stop talking to me once I told anyone, even my parents. 
and that they also had enough energy to affect reality around me. So when I was 16, after that street vendor scene, I got worried that I might be faced with something very dangerous that's trying to lure my soul into hell. So I told my parents what had been happening to me all those years. Yes, the voices stopped revealing themselves to me, but I can still feel the presence of these beings around me. They've never hurt me or anything, as it seems their primary goal is to look after me. My family has never been religious. Even to this day, I don't know what these things are. Before 16, every time I would ask them for identity, but they never really gave me a clear answer. This happened two and a half years ago, but I can't get this experience out of my head. I was living with my horribly abusive ex and his family. They had a building in the back of the yard that me and him lived in. I should begin this by saying there was a lot of negative and evil energies and entities that fed on and encouraged the chaos in the home and within all of us who lived there. While I lived there, I often felt people watching me or directly behind me who weren't there. The bed we slept on would shake either as we were falling asleep or just sitting or laying on it. I would hear in my ear constantly as if someone did a short breath in my ear. I would hear voices I couldn't explain. Stuff like that. At one point my ex was playing around with a security camera he hooked up to the TV somehow and there was a crap ton of orbs everywhere. Literally over a hundred orbs starting or walking past or following someone around the room, either in front of or behind or both. But this one occurrence has haunted me ever since it happened. It was in the middle of the night, after yet another horrible fight between him and I. So horrible I stormed out of the building and went to go sleep in the van. I had gotten settled and after about ten minutes I looked over across the yard and saw this humanoid figure. It didn't glow, but it was so white and bright against the night, I thought it did. It stood with its legs parted and its arms slightly out, as if it was about to start running towards me, and it looked like it had a skirt or something at knee length, though it didn't wear clothes or have anything but its body on it. It was just part of its body, I think. It didn't have a face or hair or any other feature. It was horrifying. It filled me with such an immobilizing, white-knuckled fear. I was quite literally frozen in fear. It didn't look scary, but it quite literally made me the most scared I had ever been in my entire life up until this point. I somehow knew it could read my thoughts, and that made it even more horrifying. I knew if I could just get into the house, I'd be safe. But I knew the second I tried to move, it would... do something... It never moved and I was still literally frozen in fear. If I had to estimate, I'd say I went to the car around 12.30 or 1 in the morning. I was out there looking at this thing, terrified, the entire night, all the way until the sun broke and it was gone. As soon as it was gone, my body unclenched itself and I was immediately hit with this wave of exhaustion and I was out like a freaking light. This is when stuff gets even more weird. 
I should start this out by saying my ex was slash is a drug addict, specifically of meth at this point. He's a liar and a keen manipulator. I'm not sure why he would lie about this, but then again, he could do something right in front of you and lie to your face, so I don't know. I told him what happened and he got this weird expression on his face. He told me that at some point or another, he made his way back into the house to use the bathroom. And him tweaking out, he stuck his head out of the bathroom window in paranoia and saw a woman looking down where I was through the window of our car. He said he thought it was me and called out to who he thought was me to get back in the house. He said she looked up, he realized it wasn't me, and that she darted off across the front of the car where I was literally looking through the entire night and ran off through the neighbor's yard. I can say with 100% certainty that I was not asleep and that I wasn't dreaming. I was awake the entire night and I had the bags under my eyes and the fatigue of both lack of sleep and the adrenaline crash to prove it. I don't know what this thing was. It wasn't what people call a night crawler. It had arms and was much more humanoid and I don't live in the areas which it's known to manifest in. This experience has been on my mind a lot more than usual lately and I'm struggling to come to terms or rationalize that experience. But thankfully, I am out of that godforsaken house and the even worse relationship. So, no need to worry for my safety or sanity now. I'm a 17 year old guy currently living in Phoenix, Arizona. This incident took place around six months ago on an overnight trip into the Superstition Mountains, which are about an hour's drive east of Phoenix. I'm not going to specify the exact trail because I've been doing this stuff long enough to realize what happens when you post stuff on the internet. Whether it's a good trail, abandoned mine, ghosts, or whatever it may be, people come flocking and usually with a lot of trash and loud music. Anyway, this particular trail I was taking was an 8 mile loop through a canyon. Pretty simple and an overnight trip. I had planned to go with my friend, but a last minute cancel on his part left me on my own. So, with a packed bag and car ready to go, I decided to go on my own. Because I didn't leave the house on time and had some trouble navigating rough forest roads, I didn't arrive to the trailhead until around 545 which for those of you who don't backpack, this is a very big no-no. I had about a four-mile hike until I arrived at my planned camping spot, and it was getting dark fast. So I figured if I moved quick enough, I could get at least two to three miles in before I had to find a spot. This strategy left me hiking a very dark trail on my own, with about 15 miles of dirt road between me and anyone else. Hiking in the dark is, if you've never done it before, very scary, especially for where I was and being on my own. Eventually it got so dark that I could only see where my headlamp was pointing, and that's when I figured I needed to stop and get a camp set up, with only using the headlamp as my light source and trying to move fast. I ended up in a less than ideal spot, but there were some burnt pieces of woods and the remains of a fire circle, 
so it looked like people had been there before, but definitely not recently. My first priority was to get a fire going. I scanned the area around me and was able to find some dry wood, and I got the fire going. I got my tarp set up and cracked open a can of chili mac I had brought for myself and was very much looking forward to eating. I was feeling good. My camp was set up and my food was on the fire. The feeling of uneasiness from the hike in had almost gone away, but it was still there. Just a side effect of camping alone in remote areas, I guess. To fully understand what happened, I have to explain to you how my camp is set up. The site I had picked was a small clearing surrounded by large pine trees, with the trail about 30 feet to my left. When you're in the woods and have a fire going, the fire casts a circle of light around it, and everything on the edge of that circle and past it are pitch black. I was sitting on the ground near my fire eating my dinner when a small rock about the size of a marble was thrown. I looked at the tiny rock in shock as I was positive that I was the only person on this trail that night. I immediately turned my light on and towards the area where I had seen the rock come from, but due to the density of the pines and the brush, I could only see about 10 feet. I spent the next 15 minutes in disbelief as I scanned the tree line that surrounded me, searching for what or whoever had thrown the rock, not daring to stray far from my fire, that in hindsight, offered me a false sense of security. After sitting back down and spending the rest of my time on high alert, I was able to convince myself that I had somehow kicked the rock or it had fallen from a tree. I went to sleep that night not expecting the pure terror that was about to unfold. I woke up to the sound of rustling leaves, barely audible if you weren't listening for them, but they were there. Still in a sleepy daze, I listened as the rustling of leaves got harder to hear, as I assumed they were moving away from me. I went to grab my handheld flashlight that I had left next to me, but the more I looked, the more scared I got as I came to realize that it was no longer there. I had left it next to me when I had fallen asleep. I stood up in my sleeping bag and ducked out of my tarp and looked around. I was able to see a light off in the woods. He couldn't have been more than 15 feet away. That was my flashlight, laying on the ground in a pile of leaves. This is one of the few moments in my life where I have almost completely, truthfully, crapped my pants. The flashlight that I had left sitting right next to me when I had fallen asleep a few hours ago was now 15 feet away from me, past the tree line in the woods. I hurriedly slipped on my boots and clutched my knife in the other hand and kept my head on a swivel. I weighed my options. Stay here and wait out the night, or attempt the three-mile hike back to the car in the dark. I figured whatever or whoever was out here with me was definitely going to have the better advantage if I was out on the trail without a light, so I decided to stay at the camp and wait out the night there. Eventually, they came back. I could hear it walking through the woods. It was off far, but I could hear it. It sounded like someone leisurely walking by, like they were on a stroll without a care in the world. Sometimes it would walk too far away and I would lose the sound of its steps. But then an hour or two later, it would return, but still faint as ever, 
This went on for about three to four hours until I listened to the steps get closer and closer until they were about six or seven feet from me. At this point, the fire had gotten very small as I had run out of wood in my pile. The footsteps stopped and everything went totally silent. I sat there still for two hours, clutching a knife in my hand and praying that I wouldn't hear anything else. I stayed like that until the sun cast enough light that I could see that I was alone in my campsite. I packed my things and speed walked the three miles back down the trail I had taken. I arrived at the empty dirt road where my car was parked and nearly sprinted to it as I unlocked my Subaru, jumped in, and drove off and didn't stop until I had put at least 20 miles between me and that place. I stopped at a gas station in Apache Junction to buy a Red Bull, but mostly just to see or talk to another person. As I exited the store, I was able to read what was written in the dust on the back window of my car. Sleep well. A lot of weird things have happened to me on my various adventures through Arizona, but this is the weirdest and scariest by far. I truly believe there's a seriously deranged person living in the Superstition Mountains. Something weird is going on there. Do yourself a favor and stay as far away from those mountains as you can. My brother is two years older, and we've probably spent 10,000 hours and then some in the woods together. Whether it was building forts, BMX tracks, or LARPing and hunting, we've traveled across the U.S. exploring caves, canyons, cliff diving, mountain biking, camping, hunting whitetail, mule deer, wild boar, etc. since 2016, when we get the time off. I feel like adding this is important because there's genuinely nothing I wouldn't do or fear when I have him by my side. But this time was different, and we both felt it. We've had our fair share of adventures and stories to tell of all sorts, but this one has felt like a lingering stain on my memory. We were both mid-twenties-ish, and it was 2019, and this was probably my fifth time hunting the area, and the first I brought my brother along. It's a large forest area of public land that has a few country roads, which are basically two tracks that stretch miles throughout the area. We make the trip up in my truck with our tents, three in total, one for each of us and another to change in and keep our gear in. Without making this long-winded, we set up camp a couple of miles from the truck, which we drove for quite a few miles through the trails, basically middle of nowhere nearest main road is probably 8 to 10 miles away. We arrived late in the night, set up camp and quickly fell asleep after a long trip. We then spent the next day scouting and tracking, then made it back to camp for the night. We cooked, ate, had some beers, and just kind of hung out. The night was still early, but we had a long day and decided to head off for the night. Everything up until this point was normal. I was suddenly awoke to something smacking my tent and hearing my brother's voice call my name. I knew something was off. I called back to him and he immediately unzipped my tent and made his way inside. I could tell he was disturbed when I went to ask him what's wrong, and he immediately grabbed my shoulder and told me to hush. 
The sun wasn't up yet, so I think it was around 4.30 or 5-ish a.m. We sat in my tent, and what we heard still confuses me to this day. I can only explain it as whale sounds. Different tones of extremely loud noise that I could feel throughout my body. It would come and go, but there would only be a few seconds of silence in between the sounds. It would vary from high-pitched squeals and everything in between two very low sounds that had literal ground-shaking reverb. I regrettably didn't think to grab my phone or record anything that was going on, because what I was hearing didn't seem real, and in the moment, I was awestruck. The sound went on until daylight started to break. I believe it was about an hour, but I'm not really sure. Either of us spoke, and at the time it felt like I could feel the energy around me. Almost like my body was covered in white noise, if that makes any sense. It wasn't even minutes after the sound stopped, it started to rain. And one of the craziest thunderstorms I've ever experienced while camping happened. The forecast didn't predict or account for any rain the days we were going to be there prior to making the trip. All of the stakes that kept our tents tethered to the ground, which our gear was in, were completely ripped out of the ground and both of our tents had multiple stakes ripped out. Those things were driven into the ground with an axe, and would take some insane force to unearth even a single one. My brother dismisses it and won't even talk about it, saying it was just machinery being dragged. But at the time we both shared the same feeling of fear and dread. It just seems odd it was in the middle of the night, and we were so far removed from any nearby communities or industry to hear and experience this type of occurrence. in my sophomore year of high school in the Appalachian Mountains. My class had about 70 people, so as you can imagine, this is a tiny place. Not really visitors or tourists come around. It's just woods and fields for farming. So one night I'm upstairs in my bedroom with my sister's room right across the hall. It's around 3.30 to 4 a.m. when I hear my mom calling my name just loud enough to wake me up. I holler back, what? And she keeps calling, so I get louder, screaming, what? She continues to call out. So I get up and turn on my light, about to walk out into the hallway. I had woken my sister and she asks me, why are you yelling? And I tell her that mom's hollering for me. She tells me, no, mom is not yelling for you, go to bed. I'm confused and just go back to bed. Later that day, I asked my mom if she had yelled for me last night. She says no, and they all laughed about it, saying I was dreaming. But I had gotten up and turned my light on and was awake. I knew what I had heard. Then the weird stuff started happening. Tapping on my windows at night. Stuff not being where I left it. Hearing footsteps in the attic. A couple of months after, I'm driving home around 12 at night on a gravel back road enclosed by woods. 
and that's when I see it. About seven feet tall, brown, skinny, and scraggly. Not hairy, but scraggly, kind of hard to explain. It was running towards my car, going the opposite direction of me. I slammed on my brakes, thinking I was going to hit it. At that point, I had no idea what it was. I was in shock. After a couple of days, I freaked myself out and my family. They took me to a spiritual medium and told us that it had attached itself because of the ley lines that go through our property. She did some cleansing on me and told me that it most likely wouldn't come back. Now it's five years later, and I still get creeped out and anxious about driving at night. The feeling like something or someone is watching me. I just hope it's gone forever. But I don't think it is. I think it attached itself to me. Thanks so much for listening. And if you'd like to do us a favor, please share our podcast with your like-minded friends and family, especially during this time of the year. Word of mouth is the predominant way that we've grown the podcast. So, thank you all. And until next time.